Stefan and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hello. The invisible line, the invisible barriers that we need to be aware of that will set us free. So the invisible barriers we are dealing with that hold us to certain places and situations, the invisible barriers, invisible lines that keep us from connecting to each other. They're all over the place and they come in so many different forms. But first of all, what are some invisible acts of power we already did a show remember with rachel chevalier from france and we talked about grid lines power lines right that are deep in the earth that you can't see but your body definitely feels and it changes your health it changes everything ley lines remember that yes absolutely is it red blood cells they're affected by magnetism that's one of those weird things it's one of the reasons why i think no, it's something in the blood. It's not the red blood cells, but it's something in the blood. If we have this in our bodies, determine which way north is, which is a bizarre thing. Like birds have it, right? It's a mineral that exists that it, it's some sort of um, metal or something, some kind of metal that I think birds have more of. More iron in the blood. That's what it is. I thought it was something else. I don't know. Whatever. It Anyways. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I don't want to get into the science of it. I want to get into the energetics of it. I mean, which is still science. Never mind what I just said. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, there are also EMFs, right? Electro... Magnetic ele electric. Fields. Is it electric or electromagnetic fields? I think it's electromagnetic. Um, so, you know, microwaves, radio waves. There's all this stuff that we can't see. True. So there's that... But what I'm talking about are like in our society, these invisible lines that half of the population doesn't cross. For example, there's so many different examples, but one example I have is I had, you know, I grew up in LA. There were so many kids that had never seen the ocean and they were like 10 miles away. I'm like, you've never in your life seen the ocean. We, we, we live right there in LA. <laughs> and they're like, no. And then as I got older, I realized why. There is this invisible um, fence that keeps certain people out of certain neighborhoods. And there's also the level of comfort, right? I'm uncomfortable getting away from wherever it is I am. Yeah, but why? That, that level of comfortableness that exists was placed there for a reason, by some force to keep people separated. Anyway, I'm trying not to get negative here. So anyway, invisible acts of power. When I tell you that, when I say invisible acts of power, what comes to your mind? Like for me, I'm thinking about ghosts, angels, random acts of kindness. Of course, I think about the invisible fences that I just brought up. Kindness, compassion. There's also going back to the science of it. There's magnetic force, electrical force. There's external forces and internal forces. Like, and I know I'm getting into science, but here we go. 
like a tree trembling due to wind, that would be an external force. You can't see it, but you see the tree trembling. Something's making the tree tremble, right? Right. Or something's making me tremble when I feel something that's scary or something makes me feel a certain way. I'm like, we got to get out of here. Right. Which happens a lot. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> we're, we're anywhere. It could be anywhere. I'm like, we got to get out of here. And now we've been together long enough where Matt doesn't really question it. He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, whereas I think of it as invisible forces, for me, you know, music plays such an important part of my life, but it's not, it's not, you can't see music necessarily but, unless but somebody's literally it. performing it in front of you. But you can hear it. Invisible though. That's true. You know, it's also when people come together, a group of people come together for whatever purpose. And when you're actually like part of that purpose, you can feel a sense of belonging that's mm -hmm. very warm and fuzzy. Or like going back to the tree, talking about external forces, forces that help the tree stay in the same position and stops it from falling over. There's some internal force that's making that happen. There's some internal force that helped me survive growing up with my family. Everybody else in the family behaved a certain way and I didn't. Right. I ended up having a completely different life than them. What invisible force led me there? What invisible force helped me out? What invisible force helped me out when I remember I was I was in Wisconsin. I lived on the border of Wisconsin and Minnesota. And there was this one day, it was very cold. The ground was slippery, icy. The highways are, they're not like the 405 in Los Angeles where you have like an eight lane highway, right? <laughs> It's, it's basically one or two lanes. That's it. And two lanes could be both directions. Mm -hmm. So one direction has only one lane, right? So anyway, and then you get onto a highway that's also a, a two-directional lane with only two lanes, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? You make sense to me, but... It's a small road. Yes. Like it's, it looks like a country road, but it's like a highway. Right. Right. It's not, if you're from a big city, you would never consider that a highway, but it's a highway. Right. And that's where the big semi trucks go by and big trucks go by. Anyway, I was trying to turn right um, to get home. I saw this big, huge semi truck coming and I thought, and I was young and stupid. I thought, oh, I can just floor it, press the gas pedal really fast, really Absolutely. hard, and like just get in front of it so I can get home already. And I thought I had enough time. Right. And I kid you not, I did it. I, I, I felt my foot press all the way down. And then, and I didn't have an automatic. Wait, what's it called when you don't you have, didn't a, have a stick shift? I did not have or a, a manual stick transmission. Shift. Right. It was not a manual car, it was one of those whatever, automatic cars that most people drive <laughs> in the United States, right? Right. All right, so I floored it, and all of a sudden, and the radio was on, all of a sudden the entire car stopped. It froze. It didn't even just stop because I was rolling. I was, I was, I was rolling. The car was moving forward, mm -hmm. but it stopped as if a giant had my car that was a toy car and just, just stopped it. And the radio froze, like everything stopped. 
all the lights in the car on the dashboard, everything went black. And at that precise second, vroom, the, the semi truck was already passed. So had my car gone forward, I would have gotten completely smashed, flattened. So what invisible force is there? You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it sounds unbelievable unless you or me being (laughs) in that, in that situation. Right. You know what I mean? It sounds like I'm making it up, but I kid you not. Like that's what happened. All right. So I don't know. There, there are forces out there, but mainly I've always thought that there has been some force that has stopped people. I think especially so in the United States, stop them from connecting and developing friendships that are family type friendships. And I can break it down into forces that are physical, like everybody has to work and everybody's so busy and so wrapped up in all the things that they have to get done that they're exhausted. That as much as you want to reach out and hang out with someone, you're so tired and unable to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge downfall in our society because we're left alone. We're left to fend for ourselves. And then you get that constant, I don't know how it is in other countries anymore because it's been a while since I've left, but don't know what it's like in other places right now. But I can tell you the thing that you hear over and over and over again in the American culture is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You hate that. I hate that. I don't even know what that... That doesn't even make any sense. How can you pull yourself up from your (laughs) shoelaces? You know what I'm saying? But it's a saying that means what? What does it even mean? I I, I assume I know what it means, which is just do it yourself. It means starting from nothing and becoming something, I suppose. All by yourself. Yes. No, I'm getting no help from nobody. Nobody's going to help you. You're in it by yourself. Right. And... There is such great pride in doing things by yourself. And I didn't even realize that this was hitting home in our family until a couple weeks ago. Because as much as this has been on my mind for a very long time, for like a couple decades, I've been thinking about this very same thing of why in America we need to do everything ourselves. Which is ironic because why do we have so many imports you know like we don't make things ourselves anymore do you know what i'm saying yes i get it but because i've been so aware of this i thought that well for sure i'm promoting the idea that we need to work together everything needs to be cooperative even raising our kids we made sure we had toys that were cooperative so when we played games it wasn't well most games not the games that matt plays but like we, you know, I, I always chose games where we all get together and for the common good to combine our resources and to combine our mental capacities for one common goal. So it's not one person wins. It's we win together. We create together. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So having said all that, I was thinking of our friend Majora, who years ago when Elle was very, very little... I was four years old and Majora came to visit. And after her visit with us, when she was back home, she was like, I was really inspired by Elle who kept saying, I I made it myself. And she was very emphatic about myself. I did it myself. 
I'm like, oh, you know, and I and I and I thought that I was proud of that. And for years, up, up until recently, I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, my <laughs> our daughter is so strong and like she does it herself. And then two weeks ago, I don't know, something whispered in my ear, an invisible force. I don't know. But it whispered in my ear like it told me where it came from. I'm like, oh, my God, it came from me. Because all along, all my stories, if you think about it, all my stories are, I did it myself. I taught myself how to ride a bike. I taught myself how to swim. Which is a frightening thing when you think about it. Yeah, as a little kid, I taught myself how to swim. I taught myself pretty much everything because I didn't really have the kind of parents that were there to like teach me stuff like that Mm -hmm. or do stuff with me like that. I did it myself. I got myself to college. I did it myself. I paid for it myself. I took myself on a plane in secret to go meet with the dean of this big school to get myself in. I did it myself. And I've been telling these stories all along. And I realized, oh no, I've perpetuated this thing. There's been this invisible force. It's been me perpetuating this idea of do it yourself. And I'm like, oh my God, that's where Elle got it from. Two weeks ago, I just came to that conclusion. You know, isn't that a a bitch? Like you think you're doing good parenting and you're like, oh my God, I've been actually giving the opposite message of what I believe in. There are points where you need to come together as a tribe, as a family. And there are points in time where you do have to figure it out yourself though. Yeah, but I was... But that's just it. There are times for both. Not exclusively, I do it myself. And not exclusively, I do it as as a group. There is such a yin and yang with everything. There should be a balance, right? Yes. So like we're looking at two different things. We're looking at matter has two forms. We have one that is particle and the other is a wave. And it's the wave that we can't necessarily see unless you develop your vision a certain way, unless you look at things a certain way, you can't really see the waves. You can't see the invisible forces. Well, you can't see the wind. Sometimes you can, right? Right. Sometimes you you can if there's like some dew or, or mistiness. Or smoke. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly, smoke. Or like you were talking about the campfire. You can see the waves of heat or on a hot day when you're looking at asphalt, you can see the waves of heat. So sometimes you can see it, but just things that are invisible to the eye, but things that are invisible to us that are keeping us from connecting to one another. What is that? Let's take a look at that and let's at least become aware of the possibility. Is there something that's not said that is keeping us from each other that is keeping us from being together you know we can get away from the idea of or the facts of we're all working so hard our time is incredibly limited and and it becomes a habit it becomes this chain like i've described on our show before where like it's the baby elephant that is chained to a stake and it can only walk a certain distance that the chain won't allow it. It's chained to a stake. And as the elephant grows older, 
it's no longer chained to it, but it feels like it is. So it never thinks of moving away. Right. Right. Well, it is still chained, but it's a chain it can easily break as it gets older. Yes, that's true. Because it's so powerful. Because it's, it, it, yeah, elephants become so much more powerful, but they're held in place by that thought, by that belief. By that invisible force, which is the thought. And I, I, I think part of it comes from oh yes we get so experienced and so old and like when you're like five when you're like six when you're in elementary school you know um it's enough to like hang out and you'll get invited to play or you can say to somebody else hey let's go to the swings or whatever it is right and then you start looking back and you're like eh, that's so juvenile that's so ridiculous on some level and so you get locked into this world of you have to be cool or you have to be sophisticated or you have to be. And so you're unwilling to break through these barriers. You're unwilling, you know, you see somebody wearing a shirt from your favorite band and, and you stop. Sometimes you will talk to them, sometimes you won't, but you stop and you're like, should I talk to this person? And like, you, it's almost like you need some kind of a go ahead from them that it's okay to like say, hey, what's up? And most people won't offer that. So you just don't talk to them. Yeah, because so what force exists to not even have that? Like, why do you have that wall up? I don't want to be spurned. I don't want somebody going, Psh, you're ridiculous. You're a clown. Okay, this is going to be a little bit different. But for some reason, I thought of this story. But talking about invisible forces that are there, that they're there. We're constantly communicating with one another. You don't have to even wait for a physical signal, you know, a physical signal being like a, a glance that says, hey, you can ask me a question. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I think that much like EMFs out there, electromagnetic fields that or microwaves, radio waves, they're still there. Yes. It's like you have to just tune into a certain frequency to hear it. Like you turn on a radio and you turn into a certain dial a certain number 95.6 and it turns you to this kind of music whereas 95.8 would be something else completely different style of music i just think that all these things are there and we're picking up on it and i think as soon as we realize there is that out there then we can pick up on it it's always there so case in point this was a few years ago i was at a park with the kids and there was a basketball court. I don't know if I ever told you the story, Matt, but there were these big men, big, tall basketball players, okay. big, big men, and they were playing basketball. And you know, basketball is like a very contact. Yes, very much sport. so. Like you can get hurt. Yes. So if there's a four-year-old, well, no, she was like five, six, six years old. The, the ball, the basketball bounced out of their bounds, out of their court. And Elle was right there. And so when a kid sees a bouncing ball coming towards them, they're like, Yay. ball, right? So she started running. She she grabbed the ball. Yeah. And she started bouncing it and running in the basketball court while the, the big guys were still running back and forth. And I was far away. Mm -hmm. I don't remember all the details. I think she just was about to touch the ball. And she was starting to run with the ball. And so she was going to collide with these men. Ooh. And I didn't know if the men had the wherewithal to know there's a little kid mm -hmm. 
that they could trample on. You know what I'm saying? Right. So in my head, I didn't say a word out loud, but I, I, I'm like, please don't touch that ball. L, L, stop. I didn't say a word out loud. And she got that message. And I'm telling you, much like the car that I just described to you, she just froze and stopped right there and let the ball go. And it was so different. Like, it was so, like, out of character for the situation. For the kid to, like, be so, like, yay ball to, like, oh, I'm going to let this ball go. Like an electric shock. Like, I'm not going to touch you. That even the men commented out loud. I could hear it from where I was. They're like, that's weird. That kid just froze and stopped. That was weird. And they were like, that's weird. That's weird. They kept saying, that's weird. I'm like, oh my God. It's still working. Because Elle and I always have had that connection. That nonverbal, she can read my mind. Mm-hmm. And, the, and vice versa. Like I remember one day when she was a baby, back when they're a baby and they're supposed to face the rear of the car in the back seat. Right, in the car seat. In the car seat. Like when they're infants, they're supposed to face rear. And then one of us would always be in the back seat as the other one drove the car. Right, so Elle could see us. So Elle could see us, but also if if the baby cried, we'd be right there to help her and let her know that she's not alone, right? right? I remember one day we were coming back from a photo shoot And I was in the back seat with her and she wanted something. And I was just in the space of working. I was not in the space of loving mom that I normally would have been. So I handed her the toy. I'm like, here, right? It was rude the way I did it. And she looked at me and she started crying, sad, sad cry. The sad cry, not cry like, I have a dirty diaper. I'm hungry. It was like I hurt her feelings. And I'll never, ever forget that. Because it wasn't like I said anything. It was my, it was my vibe. It was my unlovingness. That it was my unnatural way of being. My natural way with Elle was everything I did, every time I caressed her every time I touched her every time I fed her every time I looked at her it was with intention and calm and love and it did not happen at that second in that moment in time Mm -hmm. but and she felt it do you know what I'm saying I do so that's another invisible force you know what I'm saying it was purely energetic right well you can feel especially like if somebody's being especially like gracious towards you, you can feel that. And and maybe you perceive, maybe you see it because they're smiling more, there's crinkles by their, who knows. But it's more about how it feels. Mm-hmm. It, and you can tell the intent. If the intent is very cold and impersonal, you can feel that too. So that's that, that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about today was that let's all think about the the invisible line that exists and let's try to cross it in a good way in a loving way and go to places we've never been to before places that the world is all of ours so it could be a new part of the earth you have not visited 
It could be going for a new career. It could be that invisible line is, it always told you somehow that you're not meant to do anything else but this dead-end job because that's what you're supposed to do. We get so many messages like, don't quit your day job. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That fear that's in place that holds us down where we feel like we're not this massive elephant. We are so much stronger than that little bracelet that's on us where before we couldn't break free from, but we can break free from it. What invisible line is there that we're not crossing? What is that? And so just be aware of it. And I think that's enough for us to recognize one another. And so when someone's walking past us on the sidewalk or anywhere, that's what the power of a smile can do, what just the feeling of compassion and love can do. That is an invisible act of power right there, just to feel compassion and love and to never, ever walk past someone without acknowledging them that there is another life walking past you. Sounds good to me. Also, I would say try and go forward and in your interactions with people, if you automatically assume no malice and actually assume just that they're going to be lovely, I think your conversations can be different. And then I can actually say, good for you, and the person will be happy about it. <laughs> well, they have to know your heart first, so you can't go. But if you, you assume can... no malice. Well, it's not always apparent because people are wrapped up in I know. In whatever they're wrapped up in. They may not hear it or see it, so they misunderstand. I know. I know, but I'm saying if you assume no malice, then... Maybe you won't misunderstand or you'll, you'll misunderstand, but you'll misunderstand that they're actually being nicer to you than they're meaning to be. Well, I think there needs to be an introduction before that happens sometimes, most of the time, until our society gets into a more comfortable state of being. And so what I would do is acknowledge the person is there by saying hello and remark something that's totally remarkable. Like, you know, Matt, thank you for being so... Um, I don't know what the word is, Matt, but you're not, you're, you don't get bent out of shape. So for example, last week we went to the coffee shop and we saw this man sitting near us and I just looked at him and I knew that he needed connection and I genuinely totally wanted to know what his story was, right? Like he made a comment right before we sat down. I'm like, you wouldn't have made that comment if you did not want to connect to someone. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Even though as soon as he made the comment, he was like, I'm busy, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) but I said, oh my goodness, look at you. You are completely fascinating and beautiful. What is your story, man? He started giggling, (laughs) right? But what I'm saying is, Matt, most, some men would have been totally like upset. Like it, it, it would that constitute that I was flirting with another man? I wasn't. It was just to me, another human being. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. It was not sexual or anything like that. But that was my introduction. Like that was my, a physical um, act to, I don't know, compliment someone, to give them an invitation 
that we're open to talking with you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Or that we're acknowledging your presence. You are a remarkable human, human being. What is your story? What are you doing here? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and he turned out to be this fascinating person, even though he was like, I'm busy. I got to go. You know? Right. Right. And, and ironically, when we, when you first asked him what he was up to, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm all about invisible S-H-I-T. Yeah. He was a professor who taught the whole dynamics of invisible. He, he, yeah. He, he phrased it in a very, um, crass way, but it was funny. It was, it was. funny, funny, funny. It was intriguing, you know, to be a professor of that. I'm like, yeah, I think I know where you're coming from. <laughs> it's right up our alley. Right. <laughs> and then he's like, I have to, I'm working on this paper. I can't talk anymore. I'm like, okay, sorry. Oh. <laughs> but I made sure as awkward as it was, I'm like, hey, here's our info. I really want to see you again. Like, I want to talk more about what you're focusing on with your studies, with, with your teaching. I want to know more, you know? So anyway, sometimes it's awkward, but who cares? I don't care. I don't care. I want to connect with people. It's awkward sometimes because we're not used to it. Yes. Or we're not prepared. We're not prepared to meet anybody, even though we're out in the world, for goodness and sake. The other side, if you, even if we are prepared, the other side may not be prepared. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then it's about being trying to be a good host and trying to make sure the other person can feel as comfortable as possible. It's like the old movies where um, the aliens come in the spaceship and they're like, we mean you no harm. I think that you need to express that to someone that you're meeting, like in some way express to them, I mean, you no harm. I'm not trying to sell you something. I genuinely think you're interesting. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it guys talk to you in a few days please reach out to us tell everyone you can to subscribe to our podcast and if you can leave a, a nice review for us thank you so much for tuning in we'll talk to you in just a few days again go to ourfriendlyworldpodcast.com and reach out to us talk to you soon be well bye